You are now listening to The Hot Take Hotbox. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to The Hot Take Hotbox. My name is Matt McSweeney. It is February 11th, 2021. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers are the Super Bowl champions. Carson Wentz is still on the Philadelphia Eagles. Joel Embiid and LeBron James are now uh, subjects of an internet argument between who should win the MVP and who should not. That's an easy answer for me, and we'll talk about it a little bit later. And I'll preview a little bit of the UFC for this weekend. Super Bowl was a thorough domination from start to finish, it seemed like. Game started with a Tampa Bay 3 and out. You thought, oh wow, here we go. Bucks, your Chiefs going to get the ball, they're going to start just lighting them up. The whole talk before the game was that it was going to be a blowout, but the other way. No one thought the Bucks could blow them out, let alone stop them from scoring a touchdown, which is insane. Incredible work by that defense, Todd Bowles. I mean, that the the, the amount of talent they have on that defense is unbelievable. Shaquille Barrett, Indomitian Sue, Antoine Winfield Jr., guys like Carlton Davis the third. I'm not forgetting some Devin White. I mean, it's just it's unbelievable. And just they played they played their their out of their minds. They stopped they they shut down Tyreek Hill for the most part. Let Kelsey get going down the middle of the field, but that that was you're gonna get beat somehow, and it, it didn't obviously didn't even hurt them. Well, I was gonna say it didn't kill them, but it didn't even come close. Credit to the I mean that offense for the for the Buccaneers just executed. It was just like a belief. Once, once, I, I, I don't know what changed during the game. It was, it was three nothing, I believe. And I think once that ball, once they found Gronk, they had that drive, and they just took over. Then every time the Chiefs got down and into the red zone, they could not, they could not turn three into six or seven. They, they could, they just, they could not get in the end zone. They couldn't re- even really get close. They were, they had, they found themselves. And a lot of third downs, a lot of third down and long situations. And it, it just put them behind the eight ball all game long. And especially when, you know, their big thing is looking for looking for Tyreek Hill. And if he's not there right away and you're getting pressure, which it, the big thing for Mahomes is always, not always, but, you know, for the most part, when, when you know, you can't get pressure to him, that allows Tyreek Hill to just run wild out there and maybe his first, you know, route isn't there and then he starts freelancing and then they find those, you know, 60-yard bombs down the field. Nothing like that was there at all. They 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 played cover two, right, you know, like all the, all the analysts have said all week and they just made you beat him and in typical Andy fashion, he didn't run the ball enough. He abandoned it, right, you know, right when he went down, just... Tried to force feed his quarterback and make his quarterback win the game, and it wasn't going to be enough. And you're playing against Tom Brady, who again he loses to, and it's just not a good look for the Chiefs. It's not. It's not to say that they can't be back or they won't be back, but yes, you did. You definitely. You definitely had. You had the best team all year long. Everyone thought you were going to repeat, and you got. You were right there on the doorstep, and you just came up short. Hats off to the Buccaneers, though. Uh, incredible effort and uh, kind of a boring game for the most part. Uh, the weekend for the halftime show, I thought was like, you know, I'm Manos. I didn't really feel much about it. 
It was kind of like low key, and I look more towards like high energy sort of halftime shows with the Super Bowl. But I'm actually there to watch the game, you know. So uh, it, it doesn't really matter I, if you like the weekend. If you didn't, I, I could see. I, I love the songs. And I love the weekend, so I enjoyed the music. But that's just my, you know. I'm more of a, as you can tell, more of a high energy guy, and I like the, you know, Bruno Mars of the world. When they're coming out, oh yeah, oh yeah, doom, doom, woo! So Super Bowl, it's probably all, all I really have to say. I mean, I don't have much to say. Brady bombed at the at the parade was incredible, and like I tweeted out, that's what conquering the world looks like, and that is what it looks like. He he solidified it. The GOAT status, there is no question no more. He's got three Super Bowls above everyone else, and they can't say he's a system quarterback because he went and he built the system in Tampa Bay. He had great great players there already, but you bring A.B., Gronk, and even Leonard Fournette, you're, you know, you're, you are a part, you are the, like, that, that's that LeBron effect bringing guys like that to Cleveland or, you know, now in L.A., people are just flocking to L.A. to come and play with LeBron. Now now, you, now you're going to see guys going to Tampa Bay just trying to get a ring with Tom Brady next year because they know they have as good of a chance with with them as with any team. Way, way better chance because Tom Brady's just on a different level. And I know it's tough to explain his, you know, you look at other guys, they look more talented, but this guy just gets it done every time. And there has to be, there has to be credit given for that. Yeah, he was in a system or whatever. Yeah, you can make whatever excuse you want. I guess you can always for the, for all the greats. But that guy has shown time and time again that he performs on the biggest stages. And he, you know, he didn't play well last week in the NFC Championship game, but he got it done. And then, you know, that just that's a great Bucks team. It really is, and football's a team game. So, hats off to, hats off to the Bucks. Hats off to Tom Brady. You got to give credit where credit's due. How far away are the Eagles from any of those teams? Extremely far away. the The news, the news on Carson Wentz is that there's no new news. the The rumors keep flying back and forth of what the Eagles want, who's involved. Now there's going to be more and more teams. That are trying to get rid of the, you know, offload their quarterbacks and try to get into this sort of, uh, you know, because it seems like uh, it seems like once everyone uh, we've talked about that on this podcast before, but the Stafford trade now everyone's trying to move their quarterbacks. They're like, hey, Derek Carr is available, uh, you know. Now you're hearing Russell Wilson might not be happy where he's at. I'm not, you know, you know, I'm not thinking anything that he's going to get moved or anything like that. I think that that's all sort of. You know, fake. Uh, what's it called? Um, you know, just story making, uh, narrative making stuff that the media does. That you know, they say they're his team says it, but people just hear that and they want to run with it and talk about. It. Does Russell Wilson want to be traded? No, he doesn't want to be traded. He just wants them to help him out. He sees guys like Tom Brady down in Tampa Bay with all these weapons, and. He was probably trying to get AB or get you know other guys, and he's ang you know just one just jealous kind of like once once that he wants the 
He's like, why? Why can't we be like this? Why can't you guys protect me? Get me an offensive line and let me let you know. Let me find this guy, that guy. Let me cook. And you have fire. You fire the guy that was letting me cook. So Super Bowl. Uh, we talked about Super Bowl. So uh, you know, I guess Eagles went. Uh, we were that's that's where that's more where more where it was before I went on a little Russell Wilson rant. I think. He's gonna. I feel like he's gonna wind up in Chicago. That that's the what I I feel because I feel like it's the perfect setup for him and for the Eagles. That the the Bears need to get rid of, or the Bears need a like legitimate quarterback, and I think they need to get rid of like I I'd rather not have Foles, but if they're gonna give him to us, I mean it is what it is. No one's going to be clamoring for uh, for this guy if uh, I don't know I. I guess the full. I would rather stay away from Foles. I'd rather have nothing to do with him. No offense to him, but I just don't want the the problem and the situation that's going to come along with it. Because when he gets involved, the emotions get high and people start acting crazy. He's like, all right, yeah, Philadelphia's son. We 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 can't put that on Jalen Hurts. But if a guy is built for it, it, it looks like Jalen Hurts is built for anything. He he's out there talking to Kay Adams on uh, you know on Instagram Live and. You know, wearing his Phillies hat, and you got Carson, who we haven't heard anything from, who has been absolutely radio silent for months now. Who is supposed to be, you know, who we, uh, who we somehow are going to be able to bring back and ask him to be the franchise quarterback? Not even ask him to, you know, he's gonna. That's how it's gonna be, and he's gonna be. I just have a tough time believing it's gonna happen. So I think you need to make this trade happen quicker and the sooner rather than the better, or rather than later. But who is it? Who? What do you get for him? All that's still up in the air. Indianapolis is involved. They've been linked. Uh, they said no New England anymore. I don't. I. I think it's between Indianapolis and Chicago. I don't know what else. Well, like who else would be involved, or who else wants to? Who else needs a quarterback? Would a team like Oakland get involved or San Francisco? Do they they don't want they don't want to add another quarterback. <clears throat> so I think it's between those two, and I don't think you should overplay your hand, Howie. I think you should if you can get a first and a, and something else or you, whatever you can get. If you can get a first round pick this year, I I think you're you're, you're well set off. You're you're in great shape there uh, trade wise. I think you did well. Maybe he goes on to become a great quarterback. That's very possible. But for your team right now and what you're going to wind up getting for that guy, and are you ever going to be able to get that great quarterback out of him here? I, I have. I'm skeptical. I think you need to get something for him, and, and I think you need to get something for him before it's too late. And it looks like it's trending towards, uh, it's you know, time. To keep, I guess we have a little bit of time here, but it feels like this is stretching on and on, and we're we're running out of time. So, yeah, Tyreek Hill, or not Tyreek Hill, uh, Tariq Cohen, I heard rumors of that guy being involved to try to make the money match up. They want to get rid of some of their money to match up with that. That's why Foles would be involved because of, you know, the contract that he is under right now. So, uh, you know, if you have, if you want to hear more about just Carson Wentz in general, we did do that the bonus episode the other day. I'm sure you all listened to it. I appreciate you guys. I appreciate my listeners and my, you know, I don't want to call them fans, but they're not fans. They're listeners. Uh, friends, friends, all my friends out there. Thank you. I appreciate it. Uh, 
Um, so, uh, like, Wentz and the Eagles, there hasn't been much. Sixers, I did want to just talk about the last, like, week. The I mean, they had a couple, dud, one dud in uh, Portland. They played Portland tonight in, in Portland, 10 o'clock, I believe. Yeah. Beat the Kings the other night. In a game where Embiid did not play that well, but did enough. Was enough on the defensive end. 25 points, 17 boards, and 6 assists. And that's a bad game for that guy. When you're talking about the MVP. LeBron, you had your time. There's there's another, there's another a new man. There's a new sheriff in town. Toby with another 22. Seth Curry came out that night. With a little 20 action. Since the last pod, we did beat Brooklyn that Saturday night. The whole KD drama. No KD in that game. Which was disappointing. It, it took the uh, allure and uh, the excitement for the game away. For me, personally. I don't... Uh, I wanted to be. Te- I wanted to find out how good we are. I wanted to match up against the best in the league. And I wanted to see... You know, like the like I said, the measuring stick game to see where we are come playoff time. I I want to see because this is the team that we're gonna probably wind up in, playing in the Eastern Conference Finals or the or the semis. With the these guys, the Milwaukee teams like that, we're we're gonna you know we're we're gonna we're we're gonna be matching up with them, and I want to see I want to see how we match up. So I'm lo- I'm looking forward to it. Uh, to to you know for future for future reference for those teams, but Saturday night they went off. All right, they won one twenty four one oh eight. They didn't play that well in the beginning of the game. They were you know they were in a battle, but they they just took off in the third quarter with a forty three to thirty third quarter and beat thirty three points. Danny Green, they all 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 the five stars were in double digits. Another great game from Toby. Milton had 15. Corkmas had 13. If you're getting guys like that off the bench, I am really excited to see what they do with the, at the trade deadline. I really, really, really want to know. And the night of uh, the last pod, they, they did lose. Uh, Embiid had 30. Er, yeah, they, Embiid had 37. That's right. Remember, he had 37 going into the into the fourth quarter, and he like kind of got like, or going in going into halftime. I think he had like 31. Absolute insanity. You're telling me that this guy is not the, you know, not the best player on earth right now. Come on. Ben Simmons, he sat out that game with the little calf, the calf strain. He's been playing ever since, so I assume it wasn't a real problem. But I guess that game kind of showed, showed me the value that he, he does hold a lot of value. He's an impact player on the defensive end. And he... As he's a big like, he's an important cog on our offense and getting and getting, uh, you know, helping Embiid and just helping everyone know where they're supposed to be on the floor and just helping with the spacing because he he's a guy I guess you have to worry about cutting and scoring. I don't know, man, but he I, more more you know, well-brained, smart basketball guys can give me the X's and O's on. How he opens up it up for our offense, but obviously he's just he's just a huge part of this team, and I think that game really did show me that you know because sometimes I like to shit on the guy and and you know 
I guess not, you know, just talk bad, talk bad about his, his skill set, and he has an, an incredible skill set. And we were talking about that on the on the last pod, how the talk of about trading him is not was not you know anything against him. You're talking about trading for some of the best players in the league. You're talking about trading for a Bradley Beal and a James Harden, who he's just not better than. It's no offense. That's just that's just how good these guys are, and that's how great this league is. But when you, you get to see the value of them, and you remember, you know, you don't want to trade them for a guy like Zach Levine or, uh, you know, uh, just guys in that ilk or of that of that you know stature. So that's that's just what it is. That's where that's where I'm at right now with the Sixers. I'm appreciating everything. I'm grateful. I want to see this team continue to grow, continue to flourish. Continue to just improve. Only one loss. They, you know, Trailblazers, Nets, Kings. So the Kings game was a great game. The Trailblazers game tonight on the road. They're they're in the middle of that West Coast road trip. They'll have the Suns, Jazz, and then the Rockets, Bulls, Raptors, Raptors, Mavericks, Cavs to finish out the month. So that's a lot of winnable, winnable games. And... I, you know, I really like where we're at. I, I obviously like where we're at in the division or in, in the standings. We're two games up on the entire conference. So good things are ahead and only reason for positivity for the Sixers. UFC this weekend, I did want to give some. Oh, no, no. I wanted to, I did want to talk about uh, Embiid and LeBron. I just wanted to compare their stats when I was looking at them. Embiid's averaging 29.1 points per game, shooting 54% from the field, 11 boards, 2 assists, 2.9 assists. So basically, let's give him 3 assists. He's shooting 37-38% from the 3-point line. All right. So let me match that up against LeBron. Okay. 25.5, 49% from the field, 7.9 boards, 7.9 assists. Okay, well-rounded. Got them. Got him in the assist. Shooting 39.4% from three-point, okay? So these numbers are essentially the same. Essentially. Other, you know, with the, you know, with uh, dips and, uh, you know, rises in certain areas. And LeBron's doing this on a couple more minutes per game. And he's how many played how many more games? Six, five, five more games? <sighs> I'll let you have the conversation, and uh, I think that people just want to give LeBron the the MVP because he's been the you know he's obviously been the best player on planet Earth for quite some time, and he hasn't won the MVP since what his Miami days. So I think he went like three or four in a row with Derrick Rose, and somewhere in the middle there. So I appreciate that, <clears throat> and I appreciate you not wanting to give it to Giannis because Giannis has kind of been quiet. Everyone's just kind of. He's at the point where he's at that like LeBron level where everyone kind of expects this level of play from him. So it's going to be tough to keep winning these these MVPs. Like another guy that that you could say is 100% in in the running or up for up for debate is is Steph Curry. I mean Steph Curry has been playing out of his mind carrying the Warriors with with little to no help and and doing it at, a, at an extremely high level, having them in the playoffs discussion, you know, 
It's it, that's just incredible. But right now I got Embiid. I would I would probably put Curry second, LeBron third, and that's about as far as I'm going on the rankings. I don't think anyone else is is going to win this thing. I, I could be wrong. Mark mark me down when when the time comes. But that that's just where I'm at. UFC now, I that that I do want to talk about. It's not not an enormous card. It is a pay-per-view event that is on the lower end in um in comparison with great fights and other ones that we've seen where the excitement level was much 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 higher than it, than it is today. So, we got Kamaru Usman and Gilbert Burns Kamaru Usman is the welterweight champion. He's been the champion for quite some time. He's fighting Gilbert Burns. These guys are former teammates. These guys have trained a million rounds together. Have seen each other. You know, have rolled, have wrestled. They've done. They they know where who's better and what facet and what what it's going to take to beat one another. And that that that's the most obviously the most fascinating fight here. Uh, Burns is plus. Uh, I had it right here. Burns is plus what? 225. And I would say if you're going to be betting, it would more than likely be Usman by points. Maybe TKO is plus 210, which is interesting. Um, he's working with Trevor Whitman now, who is known as a known like striking. Uh, I think he's like the one of the best boxing coaches in in all of mixed martial arts, training people like Justin Gaethje, Rose Namajunas, to these you know to just develop this incredible striking, just precision bombs game from the outside. Who Rose just picks you apart from the outside, and Gaethje just is now beating people with precision, especially Tony Ferguson, obviously, and the couple of fight run that he went on with the. With his hands of Barbosa and all that. So I would say the props here for Burns is plus 600, plus 800, plus 800 for submission. The TKO is the favorite, which is interesting. So, I mean, maybe a Gilbert Burns submission plus 800 would be interesting. And um, maybe if you think Usman's going to win, you probably would bet him by points or, or a TKO or something like that. He's minus 290 on the thing, on the uh, money line. So maybe, I don't know. I don't really have an official pick on that. I'm going to be honest with you. I wouldn't, if you were asking me for my pick and trying to bet off of it, I don't have a pick for this one. I'm I'm probably going to bet Burns. The number's right, plus 225. And I may play with a little a couple of those props that I told you. But that's going to be an incredible fight. And I kind of more want to just enjoy that one, not be worried about who I think is going to win and my pick and whatever. Macy Barber's making her return against Alexa Grasso. She's the underdog. Alexa Grasso is an absolute beast. I don't remember the last time she fought, which was 2020. She fought Ji-Young Kim. Yeah. Lost to Carla Sparza in 2019, though. B. Carolina Well, I'm curious to see what Macy looks like. I would probably bet Macy in that, and that's probably one of my picks. Uh, she tore ACL in her last fight and lost to Roxanne Montefiore, who, if you listen to any of the previous ones, we have clowned her fighting abilities. Uh, I admire her heart, but she has never really gotten it much better. Mm. 
So, Ian Heinish and Calvin Gastelum. Ian Heinish is plus 194 against a minus 245 Calvin Gastelum. Gastelum has not fought since he got, I believe, heel hooked by Jack Hermanson. This is a 185 fight. Heinish, we haven't seen since, what, 2020? Yeah, he beat Gerald Mearshart, knocked him out in the first round. So, and like I said, Gastelum, same deal. He has fought, what, lost to Hermanson in the first round. He lost to Till, and he lost to Adesanya. So he's he's on quite the heater right now for losses. Give me, give me high, yeah, you know. The the money the the line's right, and I just don't believe in Gaslam right now. Gaslam's more in more of a show me, and I'm not betting on a guy who has three losses in a row who, at minus two forty five. Maybe he wins. He probably does. You know that's that's how Vegas is, and that's that's maybe they know something whatnot. But give me the plus one ninety four Ian Heinish, Jim Miller, and Bobby Green. Bobby Green's minus two eighty. And I don't know how. That doesn't make sense to me. I think I feel like Jim Miller. The last time he fought, it, I believe it was last summer. But I I feel like it wasn't that this bad, you know. Like where he he should be this big of an underdog. He lost to Vince Pichel. I remember. Yeah, I remember that. Lost a decision. He beat Roosevelt Roberts. He lost to Scott to the Holtzman. Yeah, beat Gui. Yeah, maybe. I mean, his talent. The Bobby Green, though. I, I, listen, Bobby Green has not impressed me. I mean, he fought so many times last year. He lost to Tiago Moses. These are all guys you probably, all of my listeners probably have no idea who I'm talking about. But unless you're a you know hardcore guy, you want you want you just want to know these things when you're going into into the betting booth. Lost to Trinaldo. Listen, give me, give me another one. Here you go, Jim Miller, plus two twenty. Give me the pick. Give me the fight line. I, I, Jim Miller's a live dog. That that's the antithesis of a live dog. He has great wrestling, great jujitsu, and I think his he on the feet. I think he's nice enough. Where I, maybe Bobby Green stinks, or maybe Bobby Green has more power than I'm leading on right now, but. I'm right now I'm leaning the other way. I'm going I'm going Jim Miller. <clears throat> Julian Marquez versus Maki Batolo. I'm going Marquez here minus one seventy six. Uh Maki Batolo is good. And it's you know, he's very durable. A veteran's veteran. He the kind of guy where UFC calls him up and he fights on two days notice, just ready to go. We'll give him a war. He's thirteen and seven, so that just gives you the, the you know, what you need to know. He lost to Impa Kasagane, who got not that spinning like Jedi kick in the face from uh, Joaquin Buckley. Uh, he lost to the dentist Darren Stewart, and he knocked out Charles Bird at the first uh, big pay per view, other than the Gaethje uh, card, which was the Felicia Spencer and Amanda Nunes fight. So that's one, two, three. I mean, that's all in the span of that, you know. So he goes one. Marquez, one. I'm curious to see the Marquez. 
the Cuban Missile Crisis, as his nickname is. He lost to Alicio de Chirico in 2018. Is that really the last time he's fought? I mean, in that case. Whew. Yeah, wow. 2018. He hasn't fought since. Wow. Uh, that That's a problem. You know what, then? Ah, nah. You know what? This might be it. That's a stay away from. Mar- Marquez, I'm probably leaning Marquez, but check check the Twitter for for more for more updates. I'm I'm staying away from that one. Adolfo Vieira and Anthony Hernandez. Adolfo Vieira is the black belt hunter. That that's what he calls himself because he like this guy is a sick, he's a sick fuck. He gets off on going around and and tapping out all these other black belts. He's minus four thirty in this fight. He's only seven and zero, but he is a Pan Am and just like a world class jiu-jitsu champion and just a well known jiu-jitsu player. The props he's minus one ninety to sub him. It's crazy. So maybe you might mess around with a TKO and hold he holds him down and I, I doubt it though. Yeah, I just maybe this one was probably a stay away from because all of the, the props this just seems like a situation where you would lose money. Round betting though, maybe maybe a Adolfo Vieira in in the second round is plus four thirty. He's plus he's minus one oh five to finish this thing early, so and the double chance is minus two six. Yeah, there's just not a lot of maybe the points, who knows? But that that Adolfo Vieira fight does not seem like a good betting one. Bilal Muhammad and Diego Diego Lima, that's also not a real good betting one. Bilal Muhammad's minus four fifty. Diego Lima's really not that good, so it's probably a good bet. Mallory Martin, minus one fifty eight against Pollyanna Viana. I would take I would take Martin here, minus one fifty eight. I, I like her. I think she is she she's pretty good. She's not that good, but she's pretty good. And I don't think Paula I'm Pollyanna Viana has never really impressed me. Brian Kelleher and Ricky Simone is on the Early prelims, which is crazy because this is an absolute banger. Ricky Simone is minus 265. Brian Callagher is absolutely a live dog. I would not give you that pick, but if you are looking for shit to gamble on, I would take the plus 210 here on Brian Callagher. Simone's very good, though, so I understand why the minus 265 is there. And I believe his last loss was to a guy like Uriah Faber. He's 17-3. and so he hasn't really he's more on an upward trend than say a guy like Brian Kelleher who's you know more of a vet and just a measuring stick. He lost to Rob Font and Uriah Faber back to back. And then in 2020 he beat Ray Borg and he beat some guy named Pirello. He had the Kiesa Magni fight a couple weeks ago. Yeah, that's right. He submitted that dude. So Right here, Kelleher. Kelleher has been in a lot of wars as of recent. Not, not a lot of wars, but I'm saying like he's been. He fought a lot in 2020, and that that's that's just a real toss up fight. So live dog Kelleher plus two ten, but Ricky Simone should probably win. So that that seems like a stay away from Phil Rowe at plus one twenty four against Gabe Green. These all seem like uh, you know toss ups. Miranda Maverick and Jillian Robertson. I probably would bet the Maverick. That's just where I'm at right now. So, so there's the UFC 
sort of wrap up uh, or preview situation. I'll be back next week with a little podcast or a specific probably generated podcast to the to the, the specific pay-per-view and say we're say I get snowed in on Saturday evening, I may be doing a live uh, viewing of the pay-per-view on uh, on YouTube or Twitch or something to uh, I'll try and I'll try and figure it out, maybe try to watch it with some people and whatnot, you know. To just get a little bit of reaction and you know have some fun because this card's not really the most exciting one, but you know fights are fights and uh, I love I love the UFC and I love watching it so I I always get it I always get excited and so like it's like Christmas every week uh, every weekend that there's a UFC fight so next week I hope by next week we have a Carson Wentz trade to talk about we have we'll have more Sixers uh, the Phillies are getting even closer to happening we'll you know. We'll have more and more NFL, uh, you know, sort of free agency and draft talk, and the 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 prospects and the things to talk about are just picking up now. Where this week was kind of slow, I won't lie to you. That's probably why this podcast is going to be way shorter than all the other ones because I don't want to waste your time. I'm not going to sit here and just fluff it up for no reason if there's not really anything in the world to talk about sports-wise. That is so. With that said, I thank you for listening, and I thank you for joining me. This has been the Hot Take Hotbox. Matt McSweeney, thank you.